How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. This is a Mariner Monday edition. I know we skipped out at the end of last week, had some stuff going on. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into some comments Scott Service made about Jose Caballero, which I just love, man. I, I, I love how smart this Caballero dude is, um, and we're going to break down him. We're also going to talk about Luis Castillo. Uh, we're going to talk about Cal Rawley playing in front of his idol. i got some stories I want to tell. Before we get into all that, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you. Grant Balfour, the 10-year Major League veteran and MLB All-Star and fellow Aussie, joins me later on in the week, and we just go back and forth. We've got two former players talking about a whole bunch of stuff, having a lot of laughs. I'm going to have a lot of players, a lot of your favorite players from the Mariners and other teams joining me as the summer goes on. Uh, that's how we do it. So if you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're always putting content on there. We've got some big news coming up as well uh, as we head into the June, July, August months. Um, what, else did I for- what else did I forget? Nothing else. All right, let's get right into it and enjoy this episode of the Mariners Monday edition of the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. The breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill- all right, guys, so welcome back. We've got a lot to get to uh, in this Mariners uh, recap of the week, the road trip. The road trip felt like it just never ended. Um, I just want to address something real quick. I know I got a couple messages from people saying, hey, where's the episode with Grant? You guys are used to getting it every Thursday. I uh, had some stuff happen. Uh, I don't want to get into the details. I can't get into the details. Pretty emotional weekend for me. Uh, one of my best, my, one of my closest friends. I've known this guy. He's like a little brother to me. Um, some stuff went down with him back in Australia. Like I said, don't want to get into it, but it was a crazy, uh, crazy weekend. I don't want to get emotional talking on this podcast either because uh, he might be listening. I know he listens to this podcast um, and you know he always has some good comments and uh, I love it when he listens. Uh, I know he's going through a tough time right now. Um, so I just want to reach out and, and say to my man, hey, listen, we're all here for you. I love you, mate. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we're we're going to move right on. I um, I just want to address that. There was some stuff, personal stuff going on last week. So I couldn't do the stuff with, with Grant um, at the end of last week. So, all right, let's get into some of the things uh, throughout the, the, the road trip in the last week that we saw and, and also getting ready for um, the series against the Oakland A's. I know everyone is, expects, we've talked about this before, he expects just to sweep that team. It's not how it works. That's a major league team over there. We're going to get into that in just a second. But one thing I want to kick off with, um, Jose Caballero, he's tearing it up. Welcome. He's 26 years old, okay? And you look at some of the history and you think, well, you know, what's the backstory there? Because he kind of came out of nowhere, really, right? I got a chance to see him at the World Baseball Classic. He was in my pool uh, in in um, Taiwan, he was playing for Panama, so I got him I got to see, get a chance to see him with the qualifiers uh, in Panama, playing in, in his home country. I was so impressed. He's playing third base most of the time. Now I get a chance to uh, excuse me. I saw him 
uh, at the World Baseball Classic, and I was really impressed. I'm like, why is this dude not in the big leagues? Uh, and I knew he was with the Mariners too, and I thought, man, there might be an opportunity here, even though the team was pretty solidified, especially some of the bench roles and everything else. But I'm watching him doing his thing. I'm like, man, he he's just – I said this on the on the uh, post game yesterday, and, and I think Scott Preservis mentioned this and a couple other people. He's just a ball player, right? He's one of these guys that like – he doesn't stand out because he's not just crunching friggin' – He's not just crushing um, – I don't know why I said crunching just then. <laughs> He's not just crushing 500-foot bombs or, um, you know, has a cannon in the outfield. One of, one of these things that – these outliers, right? So one thing – and I'm getting to what Scott Sarah said in just a second. But one thing when you talk about player development, the Mariners have done a great job in the, in the past years. The, the assistant GM, Andy McKay, they, they've got a good system happen in the last couple of years. Draft and development, we've talked about this a lot. It's massive. It's super important, right? I want teams to go out and spend money and be the Padres and be the, the Dodgers and the, the Mets all day long. But you've got to have that foundation of drafting and developing players. So one thing that, that really stands out, 30 teams, doesn't matter who it is, the way they evaluate players these days is it's not that feel uh, aspect. And what I mean by that is it's not like watching guys play at like the double A level or the you know, high A level and watching them and saying, man, he's just a ball player. He's just a dude who just does the little things, right? I'm getting, I'm just dropping hints here to what Scott Service said. You have to have something that gets really noticed. It's so you have to have that that plus power. You have to be that super athlete, that five tool, and everything's kind of done in a metric now. So everything has to be there. Has to be some numbers, some data, something quantifiable behind everything you do. Well, the things that Jose Caballero does, it's not really that quantifiable, honestly. Okay, so like when you look at some of like the deeper numbers, like. And again, I haven't got him in front of me. I don't really need to. You guys can go on Baseball Savant. I said that everyone can be a freaking baseball expert um, and talk. Mariners as much as you want if you have baseball savant or fan graphs. I'm not going to dive into all that. I'm just telling you from an ex-player. When you watch Jose Caballero, right, when you look at some of the 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 further numbers, when you're talking about maybe it's the on base, maybe it's a hard hit percentage, the barrel rate, the whatever uh, uh, metric you want to throw out there, it, nothing really stands out. So when you're in A-ball, double-A, you are not going to progress like you think you would, even if you're that guy that's just a game changer, an inning changer, because yeah, on paper, there has to be something that says, oh yeah, hey, look, this guy can do this, therefore that's going to project into that. So one thing that, that Jose Caballero said was, I was doing these little things, and we've seen the little things. He stole three bags yesterday, stole swipe second. Um, Jordan Schuster was slow. I could see it from a mile away. I'm like, oh man, this is when you swipe a bag. Boom, he takes, sec- uh, takes third base. I'm like, man, that's what you do. That's how you disrupt. That's how you change an inning. Um, and then just some of the at-bats. I'm going to get to the way he handles the pitch clock in a second because it is fascinating to watch. And you're going to see more players do what he's doing. I even messed up the um, AJ Pazinski and, and his dude in the in the booth on Fox, who honestly did a really good job on Saturday. But there was one thing they weren't quite um, up to speed with because they haven't watched Caballero every single day. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But he says that on the way up, you do. I've been doing the same stuff. It just gets noticed here. In other words, what he's saying is that when you're in the when you're in A ball, double A, triple A, the little things that change innings don't quite get put on paper. They're not that report that goes up to the front office and said this guy's doing this. Look at these numbers. Trackman spitting out these da- this data or whatever. It's the little things that change games. Okay, and that's that old school. I get it. It's an old school thing about him, but it changes 
innings. I get it. Like, it's nuts, right? So swiping the three bags, he hit the home run the other, the other uh, yesterday. Um, just hit, he's starting to hit the ball to right field. The first two hits, he's hit the ball to right field in, in Detroit. That's what happens when you get a chance to play every single day. And I've got to say, man, Dylan Moore, love the dude. I like the way he plays, everything. He's got to be sitting there right now thinking, man, have I just lost my utility job? Right, but he's got to be looking at this same man. Colton Wong is struggling. That's helping me out because when I get back, I'm going to get my usual playing time because Caballero has just kind of taken that spot. To be honest with you, the utility role. But now he's going to transition into into being the everyday second baseman. So the way he messes with pitches with the pitch clock, I love it. So what he does, if you haven't paid attention yet, so he gets in there, and I've never seen this because, again, this is all new to me, uh, but Caballero, he, look, he's been in the minor leagues for a couple of years, so he's had time to mess with this and figure it out. So he looks down, looks down, he, he puts his hands up, hand up like he's calling time until <clears throat> the last second, that eight second. Boom, then he looks up. Now, if you're a pitcher, and you saw Jesse Chavez, who's been on the show, by the way, you should go check it out. When you saw Jesse Chavez, well, he's trying to throw a pitch. Well, the umpire's kind of caught in between. He's waiting for Jose Caballero to look up and glance up, yet <clears throat> he's watching Jesse Chavez go to throw the pitch. He has to call time. He's kind of frazzled too. He even said something to Caballero um, on the Saturday game. Well, you heard the guys in the booth during the, the the on the Fox broadcast going, oh, I think he called time there. The umpire called time there. The hitter did. He got me off guard too in the Astros series. Remember him and uh, Martin Maldonado got into it? We've already talked about that. And so all of a sudden, what happens is as a pitcher, if even when you know this guy's doing it, it counts down to eight, then you have to come set, you come hands together and start your wind-up. What happens is if it gets down to eight, seven, six, you know that clock's ticking. And if you're trying to take that extra breath, he works you into a situation where you have only got seconds to deliver the pitch. It's brilliant, man. I love it. He will not get look up until that last second. And it messes, <coughs> excuse me, it messes with the pitcher. I know it would mess with me big time. If I can see a clock, we can't see it on the screen. We can see the little graphic. We can't see it on the screen. They can see it off to the side in their peripheral vision. When you're seeing that clock, start to count down. He hasn't looked at you. You're starting to get antsy. I'm telling you, you're off your rhythm. You're on his rhythm all of a sudden. And that's the biggest difference. I love it. Keep doing it. You're going to see more dudes doing it. I promise you. So everything this guy's doing is great. I love these stories. He's going to cool off a little bit. Then he's going to heat back up. He does too many good things uh, to be a guy who's just going to roll out to hit him 220 swing and miss. I love the fact too, that Mariners are swinging and miss, missing still a ton. I love the fact that you slot him in somewhere in the lineup. And he gives you a breather from the swing and miss stuff. So awesome, awesome stuff. Welcome to the big leagues. And oh, and by the way, too, sorry, just back to this. One of the things was when when you're watching Caballero and you look at the 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 pass, so I haven't dived into it. I, I should invite him on the show, actually. Um, a lot of injuries. So, like, you know, Andy McKay had said to the fact that we've known about him. We've we really liked him. He's just never been um, 100% healthy, and that's part of the reason why it slowed his development down. He came over in the Mike Leak trade. I don't even know what year that was. What was that, 20, 2017? Right? Was, I mean, so he's been here for a while. He didn't just show up. He didn't just go ball out the WBC, and the Mariners like, oh, wow, he, you're good. Off you come. Off off you go to, to, to spring training and go get a bunch of at-bats. No, this guy's been here for a while, and uh, the Mariners have really liked him. He's just been injured, and uh, that's kind of been some of the issues. All right, moving on. All right. The next thing I want to talk about, uh, and I want to tell a couple stories, of course, like I always love telling the stories. Cal Raleigh on Friday night hit the two home runs. He hit one from the left side and the right side. Only switch hitter to do that ever at Fenway Park. 
as as a catcher. I don't know what other um, requirements are in there, but either way, it's freaking cool. And you straight away the first thought you have, and I can't believe I didn't know this. This is a I'm bad at my job. The fact I didn't know this. His dude growing up, his favorite player, his idol, and I totally get it now. You look at the swing, the finish on his swing, the high socks, the kind of the the spread out stance, the switch hitting, um, the way he calls a game. It's Jason Veritek. I can't believe it. It's so freaking cool. I used to love Veritek myself, honestly. Um, he was awesome. I got a chance to pitch against him. Uh, I can't remember how I did. I could look. The, if you look that up, you can you can find out. I'm not sh- quite sure how I did against Veritek, but he was one of those guys, man. I'm like, this guy's a stud. I got to meet him when I was with the Red Sox, and I totally see it. He went to a Red Sox game when he was a kid. That was circa 2004, I think, when they first uh, won the World Series. And, of course, when you're a kid and the team does well and you go there and you're like, oh, I'm a catcher too, and you see a guy like Veritek just owning the place, you know, the captain of the Red Sox, man, of course you're going to fall in love with the dude. And that's what he did. So there he is at Fenway. And Veritek's in the dugout. And this is what I love, man. I love this stuff because you think these guys are big leaguers and they're pros. They're rolling to Fenway like it's another place. No, no, no. When you go to Fenway Park, there's so much history there. Same as the old Yankee Stadium. I remember having Shepard call out my name and I had to wait. Like I had to pause for a sec, dig in, dig in, wait for him to call my name because I'm like, oh my God, this guy has announced everyone's name. If you don't know uh, Bob Shepard, the, the, the voice, um, if you, the Derek Jeter, um, he basically had the soundbite of him announcing Derek Jeter even after he he passed away. And it's on the commercial too. You can look it up. It's so cool. But he announced my name. I was like, this is sick. I, uh, I think I proceeded to give up three runs or something like that in that inning. But either way. So I'm telling you, even though these guys are baseball players and Cal Raleigh's not one to wear his heart on his sleeve, but I'm telling you right now, it was so cool. The fact there he is hitting dingers from both sides of the plate calling a game, doing his thing in front of his idol, Veritek, who is in the dugout. Now, I have my own story. I kind of uh, alluded to this um, on, on the, I think it was on the post-game or the pre-game show, and Angie kind of laughed, but I didn't, couldn't really get into it. The same thing happened to me. Now, Andy Pettit was my dude. He was the guy who I watched. I uh, emulated his mechanics. I used to press, this is going to age me, I used to press rewind on the videotapes. I used to try and tape all these outings. And I'd press rewind, play it over. Um, because at this point, I, I remember this is like DVD time, late 90s. But I used to watch this guy the way he had the glove up in the face. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Yankees in, in 2000, 2001, I was like, yeah, that's when I was like at that pro ball level. So I went to spring training. I had no joke. 2002, I said, I am just going to dead set pitch just like him. I even started throwing a cut fastball just because he did it. I'd never thrown it before, but I get to spring training. And I was just like... And I think one pitching coach was like, oh, dude, you look um, a lot like a, a young Andy Petter when I was throwing. I was like, oh, this is working. This is great. I think I, I ended up going, um, skipping a level and going to Appleton, Wisconsin, proceeding to get shelled again. I gave out a seven straight back down to, to uh, Everett. I think I slowly morphed back into my mechanics I have now. But he was my guy. Everything he did, I tried to be like him. Glove up in the front of the face, the whole bit. So... There I am, 2007. I'm in the bullpen at this stage. And so I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm, a, I'm a bullpen guy. He's a starter. I still love him. He's still awesome. We're playing the Yankees. Roger Clemens was on that rotation, in that rotation in 2007. And I'd watch everything he did, man. During batting practice, I was too scared to go up to him. I, went, I finally got the, 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 um, the courage to go up to some of my, my heroes as time went on, Roy Halladay being one of them. But with Andy Pettis, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, just wouldn't do it. So then in 2008, we get Mel Stoudemire Sr. 
rest in peace, pitching coach come and he was our pitching coach. And as I went from bullpen guy and I didn't really talk to Mel a whole lot. Um, the uh, Norm Charlton was the, the bullpen coach. So I spent more time with the sheriff. But then when I got in the rotation, I would just bug the crap out of Mel Sotomayor. Hey, man, what, what, does, what does Andy do before a game? What does he do after a game? What's he into? Like, What other stuff does he do? Mel got so sick of it, man. He was just like – because he was there in those years, like those, those Yankee years, right? And he was just like, dude, just leave me alone. It got to a point I'm like, I'm just bugging him. He does not want to tell me all this crap. So sure enough – uh, we're playing the Yankees. This is 2008. And I was pitching. It was either a Thursday or a Friday night. I can't remember. But um, I was starting the game. And I was scheduled to pitch against him. And then there was some shuffle around him. Brandon Morrow, who he's been on the show before. He's one of my my dudes. He got to pitch against him. I was so jealous. But um, Brandon got to pitch against him. I think Andy pitched the first night. And then Brandon did. And then I pitched the next night. But there I am. I swear to God, man. I'm out there pitching. No one knows this until now. But I'm, I, I remember it clear as day. I'm out there pitching and I'm you know, facing like you know, Giambi, I'm facing Jeter, I'm facing Hideki, Matsui, A-Rod, all these dudes. But all I'm, not the whole time, I'll take that back. What I'm thinking about is like, Andy's over in their dugout right now. He's over in the third base dugout. I wonder if he's watching. I wonder if he's back in the clubhouse. Is he in the dugout? I swear to God. I even like peeked in there. And I was just like trying to impress him. It was ridiculous. And I'm thinking to myself, what's he thinking? Like, who is this scrub pitching right now? That's what it felt like. So anyway, that was that. It wasn't that extreme, but it was kind of crazy. Like I was just like, oh man, I can't believe he's in the dugout watching me pitch. He probably thinks I suck or whatever. Whatever it may be. Whatever thought's going in your head because that's how you feel sometimes, right? So then the next day, Mel Stolomai comes up to me, right? So we're playing the Yankees. And at this point, Mel and I had a good relationship. And I was just, you know, because I was a starting pitcher. So we'd spend a lot of time together and stuff like that. But he's super old school. I love Mel, man. Like I said, rest in peace. Great pitching coach. Just very, just calmed you down. Uh, obviously, he tr- probably treated me a little differently to what he's treating Roger Clemens, Mike Messina, and Andy Pettit and all those studs and and uh, Kevin Brown and all, all the dudes he had. Anyway, um, so... The next day uh, after I pitched, fell in pretty good. I pitched well too. I can't remember my, my line. I think I pitched like into the seven, six and two thirds, couple runs, through the, through the ball. He comes up to me and goes, hey, man, come with me. I'm like, oh, God. He just kind of had this like kind of annoyed look on his face. I was like, oh, what's up, Mel? What's going on? Yeah, just, just come with me. Just follow me. I'm like, okay. Do, 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 walking along. So we walk out of the clubhouse into like the tunnel, right? Where they're like, not the tunnel, but uh, the concourse behind the um, behind the dugouts, and we keep going. I'm thinking to myself, he's kind of like a couple couple feet in front of me, and he's like walking head down, and we're walking around, walking around. Now, if you've ever been underneath the T-Mobile Park, you've got you walk in like the players' entrance. You walk in, uh, you've got the there's the one entrance into the uh, into the locker room, then the next entrance, then you keep going, and you've got like the Diamond Club. Or, I don't even know what it's called right now, Diamond Club, whatever. And you keep going past there, and you keep looping around till you get to the the visitors' clubhouse. And so we're walking around following him. Like, where the hell are we going? I'd never been that far, to be honest with you. At, team, at Safeco back in the day, T-Mobile now, I've never kept walking around under that con- under the concourse there, whatever you, whatever you call it. We're walking around, looking at the disc. I'm like, who's that? He's standing on the wall looking at his phone right now. It's friggin' Andy Pettit. I'm like, oh. And straight away, it's like it was my big surprise. So like Mel keeps walking. We walk up. There's Andy Pettit. He's a big dude like when you're right next to him as well. And he's standing there and he looks, hey, Mel, he gives him a hug. And he's like, Mel, this is Ryan. Ryan, this is Andy. Um, all right, see you guys. And I'm like, oh, 
And then uh, Andy's like, oh, hey, man, Ryan, good to meet you, man. Good job last night. Yeah, Mel said, um, you know, you're 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 uh, you're a big fan. You want to you want to talk? I'm like, oh, Andy, oh, sir, it was the coolest friggin' moment. And Andy Pettit, what an amazing dude, man. He he probably doesn't remember this. I was trying to act cool, but I did talk to him about his work. <laughs> like instead of just being a dork, I'm asking about his workout routine. He actually sent me his like workout routine. I got his number, everything. It was so sick. Um, and then when the Yankees came back to town, I can't remember if it was that, it wasn't that year. I think it was the next year. Like um, I had some friends in town. So I got some jerseys. He signed one, Mariana. But he, I, I would, at that point, I could go up to Andy and just be like, hey, what's up, Andy? And just have a conversation. Like we, we were like on the same level for a second. You know what I mean? That's how it was. But it was the coolest thing. So anyway, when Cal talked about that story with in front of Veritech, I just thought it was the coolest thing, man. I just melted. I thought it was, I thought it was unreal. They're the moments. Like they are the frigging moments. Um, super cool. All right. Okay, let's get into uh, Luis Castillo, what I see, what needs to be done, and he's pitching tomorrow, or he's pitching today, excuse me, not tomorrow, um, he's pitching on Monday, he's pitching today, he's pitching this evening, so really excited to see him throw, I think he's going to come out of this, he's been in these stretches before, you can see the look on his face, this is what's getting me, this is not anything physical, okay, this is not something, now he's even said it too, because people worry, are you injured, um, is there something going on physical, physically, and he's addressed that and said, no, absolutely not, it's nothing nothing physical, it's all psychological, It's he's in that place, and believe it or not, guys who throw 97 with sink, and with that change up, and that slider, and, and everything that goes with um, Luis Castillo, but one of the nastiest dudes in baseball, they go through it too. It's that thing where, and I'm trying to articulate this the best I can. You know exactly what it is. When you throw that pitch, right? When Cal Raleigh throws the the, the fastball, top part of the strike zone, you see it. You've done it a thousand times before in a bullpen session, in big games against the Blue Jays last year. And you think of it. It's like that thing when I, when I tell you when you're driving along, hey, don't think of a pink elephant, guess what? You see that big fat pink elephant out the window, right? Because it's just in your brain, whether you tell yourself to think about doing something or, or, or completely avoiding it. So in his brain, he's thinking to himself right now, all right, fastball at the top of the zone, but all he can kind of subconsciously see this nanoseconds of these images is him throwing fastball middle and hard contact. It doesn't even have to be hard contact. It's contact, right? So those seconds before, he picks his hands up as he does. I've been there before. Fastball up. Okay. I know how to do that. And then it's one of those things I don't, you know, don't think of the elephant. Don't think of the elephant. Boom. Guess what? I'm thinking of the elephant. Fastball's in the middle of the plate. Whack. Gets hit. Frustration. Snowball. Boom, 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 boom. So I think tomorrow, so again, like I said, this is not something, it's not an easy fix. I'm not going to lie. It's not an easy fix. But I will say this. Pitching against the A's tomorrow, if I know it's a major league team, but I think he can go in and say, you know what, screw throwing a fastball up in the zone. I don't care if I get it to the top part of the strike zone. Matter of fact, you know what, I'm just going to throw a two-seamer down and away for a change, right? When I'm supposed to be usually at this pitch in this count, throwing that fastball up in the top, top of the strike zone. He has to get back to a place where he can miss and be okay. How do you do that? You do that by not, like, 
you know, keying in and, and focusing, hard focusing on exactly what the issue is. It's the fastball command. I talked, to, I talked about it on the pregame show the other day on, on Root Sports, and I'll talk about it to the cows come on. When he can get that fast, that four-seam fastball right to the top of Cal Rowley's catcher's mask, he's in business. Why doesn't he do it? Guess what? He's a human being, been there before. You can sit, sit there and say, oh, we even get them. there's a solution, go for it. He has to get through that, oh, fastball up in the strike zone with two strikes, and then boom, miss middle. How does he do it? Flip the flip the flip the script. I feel like he's tried to do that too. You see him throw way more sliders to the um, uh, who was it to the Texas Rangers, and then he was throwing. Um, he had a little bit of a different mix to the Red Sox as well. But I think with him, just go out and just have fun, man. Just get off the. Sh- if you're on the heat map, shows that that just dead red black section on hitters for Luis Castillo says up fastball this count to this hitter. Do something else. Just do something different. Get away from just keying in on that one thing. I will say, when he gets that down, and it's not a command thing. It's not like something where, hey, he has to have better fastball command. Look, his f- command in April was awesome. I get it. But get away from uh, this section here, I get rocked. This section here, I just need to get it to this part of the strike zone. And that's where that heat map says dead red, black area where no no contact. Get away from that. Go do something else. That's crazy. It sounds crazy. And then when you've got a little bit of breathing room or you've punched out five dudes, then go back up to the top of the strike zone. Just take the all the, the pressure and the, the focus in on that. Because you can see it right now, man, that same presence we've seen in with him in a, in a Mariners uniform, his whole time with a Mariners uniform, it just ain't there, man. The frustration's oozing out of him. He's going to be okay. I just want him to flip the script just once. In, in the Oakland days, man, he can do it. That's a team that you can beat up because they're young. They're kind of getting out of a rhythm and routine. There's no rhythm and routine to get a W. The rhythm and routine for these guys is just a bunch of individuals just trying to survive in the big leagues. And so 30 teams are watching or they can get to arbitration, right? That's a sad place to be when you're a player who just like, you know, I just want to get to arbitration. I want to get to free agency. It has nothing to do with your day-to-day going in and winning for your team. All right. Okay, guys, uh, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. Mariners got the A's. If they can take two or four, Awesome. Don't expect to sweep. It is a major league team over there. Uh, guys, make sure you press subscribe. I'm sorry about the news earlier on. I just had to to address that. Um, and guys, go hug your kids. Okay, go hug your kids. Go hug your wives. Tell them you love them. All, all, all my, my dudes out there, go be a good dad. Go be a good, go, good husband. Do your thing because you just never know. All right. Um, if you listen to mate, I'm not going to say the name. If you listen, mate, I love you. You know who I'm talking about. Um, and everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in. We've got some big stuff coming up. Grant's going to join me at the end of the week. I'm going to Cooperstown this weekend, by the way. Um, I'm doing the Hall of Fame Classic. I'm going to pitch an inning with a bunch of ex-players. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, then I'm going to go do some MLB Network stuff. And I'm back, um, back to... Uh, yeah, now I'm back to Seattle. Oh, by the way, too, the hat. People ask me about my hat. This is Next Gen Baseball. Um, new era hat. I love it. Uh, so Next Gen, if you go to nextgenbaseball.com, you can't buy them. I might try and put them for sale. But I've got the Next Gen Showcase Tours coming back. Uh, I've got 11 Aussies 
coming to from Australia to the US, coming to Driveline for a week. Big shout out to Driveline. Then we're going to the NorCal World Series. I can't wait. Anyway, I'm rambling right now. Finish up. Make sure you click subscribe. The Bogan Grant Balfour uh, joins me at the end of the week. We've got the Aussie word of the day, a bunch of other stuff. We're going to have some good laughs. I need it. All right, guys. We'll see you later on the week. Go Mariners. And yeah, we'll see you soon. All right, guys. See ya.